Hi, and welcome to the HSP World Podcast. With each episode, we invite a guest with the HSP trait to have a conversation about a burning HSP-related question that they have. We're not coaches or therapists. We are HSPs holding space with you. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, and your other hosts are... Robin. And Rain. All right. Welcome back, everybody. For today's episode, we are joined by Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi there. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Would you be able to get us started by uh, just saying a little bit about your HSP story, how you found out uh, that you have the trait? Certainly, I'd be happy to. So this is about three or four years ago. I was struggling in my business and I couldn't figure out why. Normally I'm a person who can figure things out. And it's like, what is going on? And I decided, well, I'll hire a one-on-one coach and, you know, figure this out. And she wasn't really the person who told me about being highly sensitive, but during that conversation with her and just being really open, I started to discover more about me and where I was being blocked in my creativity in my business. And then I would go and do Google searches on, I don't even know, remember what, right? And then all of a sudden I'm looking at articles on Elaine Aaron's website about highly sensitive people. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. I was like, it, I was explaining to someone earlier, it felt like the sky opened up and everything made sense. Oh my gosh. This explains my whole life right here. And from that moment, I just felt like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. And I found someone to help me in my business to rearrange things so that I could accommodate my trait rather than I had been trying to work against it. I mean, unwittingly, I had no idea I was Mm -hmm. doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And it was cool. How cool, Lori. It was amazing. It just brings me to tears thinking about it. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Um, We don't usually get that type of story. Well, I mean, people do, you know, find out about the trait and then they have that aha, it just clicks and explains so much moment. So we we hear that a lot, but it's interesting that you came to it through a professional and creative block. A lot of HSPs do talk about uh, struggling with work. So it's really cool that you're able to share that with us. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I understand you have a, a question for us today. Yeah, I am really curious if people know that highly sensitives can be extroverted because we hear so much about being introverted as a highly sensitive and, you know, they're extroverts too. So that's my question. (laughs) 
Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And our resident HHSP extrovert is Robin. And in in true extroversion style, I say, me, 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 I want to (laughs) answer. Well, you go for it, Robin. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I know there's a couple of other ones listening too. I think we have a, I think we have an HSP extrovert fan out there who keeps liking us and saying like, yes, represent HSP extroverts. But thank you for sharing this, Laurie. And I think you're right that we can conflate introversion and sensitivity quite frequently. I uh, came across a really wonderful article on Elaine Aaron's blog. Uh, I believe it was a guest contribution by Jacqueline Strickland, who writes on HSPs, but also is very familiar with the Myers-Briggs uh, system. So she, she's been thinking about different facets of personality and how they kind of link up with sensitivity. So she wrote this article on how, you know, what, if someone identifies as highly extroverted and highly sensitive, what does that look like? And how is it different from someone who's just highly introverted and not sensitive or someone who's, uh, or someone who is both, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess just to be, just to be clear on this, you know, there are different definitions of extroversion and introversion right? They are, again, it depends what system you're looking at. They're recognized in multiple systems, right? But typically it's a preference or a style of where you're getting your energy from, right? So to introvert, if we actually take it as a verb, to introvert is to direct your energy inward, okay? So your own personal world, your imagination, your inner thoughts, your personal history as you remember it, right? And then to extrovert is to attend or orient yourself towards the outer world, other people, what's going on in your surroundings in the moment or what other people are talking about, you know, in the news or social media or whatever, right? Obviously, everybody does both of this, uh, both of these things, right? Yes. Um, And even the, the first person to come up with the term, Carl Jung said, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect introvert or a perfect extrovert if there were, that person would be insane because you can't spend all your time in the outside world and you can't spend all your time in the inside world, right? So we all have to do it. And that is built into the Myers-Briggs system as well. Everyone has some capacity to do both of these things, right? But typically people who say I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert, they're talking about a preference, a baseline preference, because those preferences can change in different contexts, right? So it is pretty nuanced, but a baseline preference for one or the other. So if you identify, Laurie, as a highly extroverted person, then it means that you tend to have, tend to prefer spending your time in that outer world, even if you do also spend some time in the inner world. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm definitely an extrovert and I always have been. I think as I get older, I'm probably less extroverted, right? But I'm still as like you said, baseline, I'm, a, I'm extroverted. I recharge when I'm in contact with other people. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And you know, the, the, according to Elaine Aaron's research, um, and, you know, I guess it makes sense why HSP extroverts don't see that much and, and, I hope a lot more 
is done for them is because they make up about 30% mm-hmm. of HSPs in total mm-hmm. because the majority of HSPs, about 70%, they more ident- identify as introverts. So I think that's where it's kind of, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's tricky, you know, it's kind of yeah. tricky to, um, to, to capture that because yeah, I agree with you, Robin, there, you know, there is a continuum, um, and I mean, I, I'm um, I'm I'm also um, HSS, which is high sensation seeking, mm-hmm. which which can look extroverted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's uh, I guess it is, but it isn't in a way. Um, yeah. Well, that's more about sensation seeking, right? So you you could presumably do that um, alone, <laughs> right? Or, uh, yeah. or yeah. even through through an inner directed through interdirected means, right? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. There's that. I know the one thing is um, traveling. Like I love traveling. I love exploring new places. And, you know, in order to do that, you're meeting new people, you're seeing new places, you're doing different things. So that can look extroverted, you know? Yeah. But I'm not, I'm an introvert. You know, I just happen to also have HSS. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Lori, and that, you, you know, you'd like to see a lot more, um, a lot more information out there for HSP extroverts, because, um, you were saying before, um, that you thought or felt that perhaps that might've been one of the reasons that you didn't, um, Hmm you know, you didn't identify or come to understand or learn that you had the HSP trait um, because there was so little out there about HSP extroverts. I definitely think that's true because I would hear generally introverted and other things sounded not like me. Mm. And knowing that I'm an extrovert, I would just kind of pass it over. Yeah. But now... I've started to think, well, how, as an extroverted person, how does my sensitivity show up differently? So that's been a really cool thing to quantify. Mm. Can I tell you about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What does that look like for sure? So one thing I noticed, like when I'm with people, I love it. And when I'm with people too long, and I can tend to do that sometimes, right? Because it is recharging, it is satisfying, I'm having fun. But because I'm highly sensitive, I can like wear my nervous system out a little bit. So Mm -hmm. my extroverted trait is like, let's stay, let's keep talking, let's keep engaging. And my sensitivity (laughs) is like, no, let's go home or let's hang up the phone, right? And it needs to recharge. And there's this kind of tug of war happening Mm. inside of me where I'm like, oh, and before I was really aware of my sensitivity, that the sensitive nervous system thing felt like a smack in the face. Like I would be somewhere and it would just pop up and go, I'm tired now. Whereas now that I've practiced a lot more of being aware of my sensitivity, 
I can feel it coming on and I can go do things like I can plan to leave or I can plan to take a rest if I want that extended extrovert time so that I am still taking care of myself and I don't have to feel like my sensitivity is just popping up out of nowhere. But it's been really interesting. So Robin, it sounds like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so interesting because a lot of people, not typically not people who identify as HSPs, but in general, there can be a lot of resistance to using labels, right? Like, I don't want to label myself this or that or whatever. And I think, you know, a label is a tool, right? Mm-hmm. And to the extent that it actually helps explain your experience and your reality, then it is very valuable. If it's actually obscuring something, more important or more real than then you drop it right away you know maybe one day we'll we'll all be talking about hsps using other words i i personally have no objection to that if <laughs> if one day it comes up what we want are, are labels that actually help us more accurately deal with our experience and you know for for extroverted hsps and i think especially when we're younger there are these pressures in the culture at least you know we're we're both in we're all in north america here so there are these pressures in the culture towards extroversion and against high sensitivity you know sensitivity is felt less in your teen years right so if you're an extroverted and and extroversion is extra important so if you're an extroverted hsp chances are when you're young you're a teen or in your early 20s that's the time that you're probably going to be acting the least as an hsp right so um you you may not notice it at that that time and in fact i know i noticed this in myself and i i imagine it happens for others as well that we put a pressure on ourselves to pass yes as not highly sensitive right Mm -hmm. to overlook those parts of ourselves and to say yeah okay sometimes uh you know i i i overthink things or i get overly emotional about things but uh, whatever i'll i'll i just have to stop doing that right instead of thinking wait a minute where is this actually coming from and what does it really mean right so I know I spend a lot of time resisting that and fighting it and trying to to lean as heavily as possible on my extroverted side. Now, where this is difficult is because, first of all, as you get older, your, your body is less able to do that, right? Your sensitive, sensitivity increases for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the other problem is that, you, you know, you mislabel things, right? So I know that when I'm tired or drained or like really, truly overstimulated all sorts of problems crop up. I lose sight of priorities. I can't properly engage in things. It's like, I'm just all tapped out and I can't, even things that I really do care about, I I just can't care about them anymore. And if you don't understand that that's coming from your own overstimulation and exhaustion, you, you run the risk of saying, well, maybe I just don't care about this thing anymore. Or maybe I just don't like these people anymore. Or maybe I don't want to do this thing anymore. And you may end up making choices or behaving in ways that don't actually fit who you really are right so it makes it it makes it hard to properly take care of yourself and to secure things that you really need for yourself but it can be yeah but it can be easy to to overlook this so for example i know a lot of introverts will have uh, conversations about oh i hate small talk i just want to have a weekend alone by myself i hate Uh, small talk too so I don't know that that's an introverted thing. I want to say that's a highly sensitive thing. Well, so it's, for me, it, it's interesting how it plays out. Like, 
I, I hate small, I hate small talk that never progresses anywhere. I'm, I'm happy to do a certain amount of small talk. I'm yeah. happy to use small talk. I, I, that's where I can indulge my extroverted side because I can just get curious about other people and say like, okay, you know, what, what does it say about them? Or it's interesting that they always talk about the same things, right? After a while, I'll eventually get bored and say, okay, I'm craving something a little bit more meaningful here, but I can, it does carry me a little bit a little bit further. What I don't like is uh, superficiality or inauthenticity. Right, right. If that's there, if people are, are, you know, if it's small talk, but then there's something genuine and warm and a real connection, uh, intention to connect, you know, yeah, it, it won't be my favorite kind of conversation, but I'll still kind of appreciate it. Whereas if I feel that there's something inauthentic, ugh. or if I feel that this is a person who's never going to want to have a deeper conversation with me ever, okay. Right. And yeah, then, then, then my interest wanes after a while. Now, this is something I'd love to hear, Thomas, what you have to say about yeah, this, because us. Thomas, I know you, you identify, I know at times you've identified as an introvert and then, but then I know you. <laughs> so, so I know how much um, you enjoy doing extroverted type things. So I would love to hear your, how, you know, what's your take on you this? You know, we mentioned Myers-Briggs and what's interesting is, um, so, uh, you know, my Myers-Briggs comes out typically as INT, what's the other one? P, INTP, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when I was working in Silicon Valley and I was a manager, I took took the Myers-Briggs and it was focused particularly on managing. And I keyed out as an extrovert, as an ENTP. So so sometimes, you know, it's it's situational. It's, it's like, in what context are you taking these tests? So that's why it's kind of hard. You know, they're not like set in stone, I think. Yeah. Um, the thing that Lori that that I picked up on that I, was very interesting is you said it it it's changed over time for you, and I'd li really like to hear about more about that. And also, you you mentioned how um, how you're finding more balance now, which sounds fantastic. So I'd I'd like to hear more about like you know the change that you're experiencing in terms of extroversion introversion. And also, um, how you, how you're finding that balance? You mentioned that you are that you sense it m more quickly. Yes. So I'm 52. Just to put that into context, and for the listeners as well. So when I was a child, I felt very extroverted. But as I look back, I see how my world was actually balanced for me. So mm. during, yes, and I didn't even think about it. During the week, I lived with my mother and my grandmother and my great aunt, who are all introverts. And the house was very quiet. And I would go to school and come home and do my homework. And I had my own room, I was an only child, had my own room. And I, it was very quiet. Right. And then I would go to my dad's most weekends because my parents were divorced. And my dad was a huge extrovert in his house. 
he and my stepmom's house, it was always full of people and there are always things going on. And he'd bring me back on Sunday night. And of course, by about that time, I would be done, right? I'd be tired <laughs> and it's time to go back to the quiet house. Nice. Well, right. And you were fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. And I had, and every week about Thursday, I would be like, I'm, t- I'm sick of these quiet people. <laughs> I'm ready to go to the party house, right? Like where all the people are. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. I loved it. You know, it's, it's so interesting because I don't know, I, I still am working out the conflict for myself, right? But you use the word party, right? And to me, party is, Parties are important, right? And it's so hard not to say that without feeling superficial, right? So I can feel the introverts going, oh, come on, parties, <laughs> right? How 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 flaky of you, right? But there's something, I think, uh, but imagine an, H- imagine an HSP who actually enjoys a party. Imagine an HSP who goes to a party and says, huh, there's, there's people to talk to and I'm having great conversations and my stimulation level is, is fine for now. I'm enjoying, there's a fun game or there's fun music or... You know, this this great dynamic between people, you know, the, all the things that are enjoyable about a party, you enjoy them that much more, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're highly sensitive. So th- there's a lot of like reward in being in that external world. That's, I think that's what makes, that's what makes the HSP extrovert extroverted is that there's just more reward in these in, in these social external moments, right? And it, again, it's not superficial. No. There's can well, be quite a bit of depth and, and richness in these moments, right? In the social connection, in your interactions with people. But so then I, the, dif- the difference between that person and a pure extrovert is that by the end of the weekend, you're like, okay, I'm done. And I'm happy to have a little bit of peace and quiet. Whereas the really pure extrovert would probably want to keep going right or would be fine with continuing in that at that energy level and here's what's funny for me you know i i grew up as a very shy sensitive kid in a household my mom was introverted and but my dad is extremely extroverted and and when i was a kid parties meant being with strangers and being Mm -hmm. awkward and now for me parties the you know a good party is an opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level and you know as as long as it's not a bunch of strangers and as as long as it's not about superficiality yeah take me take me to that party because you know i want <laughs> i want to learn i want to grow i want to you know i want to experience so i i i think that's at least for me, sometimes I wonder if that sensitivity is also linked to the introversion to the extent that maybe I was meant to be a little bit more extroverted than I was just simply because of of having a, a, an environment that was overwhelming to me, right? In other words, maybe if I was in a less overwhelming environment, I'd be a little bit more extroverted or a little bit more outgoing, I guess is the way to put it. I don't know. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting question. No. I think um, it would be great if we could include in the show notes that article I was referencing uh, uh, by Jacqueline Strickland. She does, she outlines like almost 20 points to try to narrow down what exactly is a highly sensitive extrovert. And uh, 
Absolutely. One cool thing that I do like she that she says in there, um, she references the book Quiet by Susan Cain. And she says, actually, in that book, it's hard to tell which parts are really referring to HSPs and which parts are referring to mm-hmm. introverts. Even though the book is supposed to be about introversion, she gives the example of someone who read the book, is introverted, non-HSP, and actually felt that they were reflected, that they were represented less by that book than someone who was extroverted and HSP. Mm. So it's possible that some of what Susan Cain was writing about um, re- really is high sensitivity. I've heard that too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I wanted to go back, Thomas, and answer your question a little bit more about, I think what I'm doing now in my life is kind of, replicating what I had as a child, but doing it for myself. Whereas I'm monitoring my own nervous system, right? And I'm actually, I'm proactively down-regulating on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Because I know, right, that it, I get overstimulated just because. Right, right. And then because of that, I also know that when I'm in a situation, I think about things before I go or before I'm engaged. And because I'm down, actively downregulating, I'm naturally more in touch with, well, am I overwhelmed, you know, or am I getting there? Right? Because I'm I'm spending time with my nervous system and spending time with my sensitivity, it's like a I, ha- I made friends with it. I know it. I I know what it needs and doesn't need. So then, Lord, sorry, go ahead. Lori, I just want to. I'm really curious. What does down regulating like look like? What, what what is that? Well, to me, it's meditation or okay. um, like because we take in so much sensory information. Sometimes it's not meditation. Sometimes it's movement to release that extra energy from that extra stimulation to just, or even like a inhaling and then exhaling and just making a sound to let that extra energy go. Cause I feel like I hold on to so much stuff. I don't even realize. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. I appreciate that. For for me, it might be just simply leaving the room for a few moments. Yeah, I would agree with, yeah, I would do that too. Well, Lori, I want to thank you so much for today's conversation. I, uh, I'm curious to know how you feel about it. Were there some points that resonated with you? I love that Robin has this article to refer to. That's so beautiful. I love that all four of us have such a different point of view to bring and that extroversion is getting a little bit more airtime here, Mm -hmm. right? And you reflecting on maybe you are actually more extroverted. And so that got me thinking about nature and nurture, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I could go deep into that one. And then thinking about small talk, right? What is small talk? Why do we not like it? 
um, is that an extroverted introverted thing or is that a highly sensitive thing? So yeah. kind of riffing on that one too. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. Yes, thank you, Lori. I really, um, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your courage to come on and bring, and bring this up because I think it's important. There's a, there's a lot of HSP extroverts out there. So I, I and the, and it does need more air time. So it's going to be helpful for them. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to say thank you too, and thank you to our listeners, extroverted or introverted. Um, so please everybody do join us for the next episode where we'll be having another interesting HSP conversation and to any highly sensitives out there who have a burning HSP related question big or small we invite you to ask it on the HSP world podcast just email info at hsp.world 